0: Welcome to the Kingdom Life San Antonio podcast. For more information about Kingdom Life San Antonio, check out kingdomlifesa.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. Listen, that last song we just did, I mean, that was my favorite song that we ever used to do in the house, and she knew that. Wow, it's kind of hard to see my notes. I think I'll do it up here. Um... Religion used to keep me out from being able to sing that song because I was supposed to, like, find my delight in him, but it sounded scandalous to think that he would actually delight in me. And so the freer that I got, that's why I love that song, and I want to just sing that song with abandon because I am like a little girl standing before her father just saying, like, just, will you just delight in me? Will you just delight in me? And I want you to know that he so delights in you he takes so much pleasure in you. Like I can feel the heartbeat of his love. I was sitting in the back worshiping the whole time today and I could just feel this ferocious father heart of God towards you that you would know how loved you are. And the scripture, I love the way it says it in the passion. Um, so I now live with confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that this love will triumph over death. Life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens, there is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. He has lavished his love upon us. Like, what kind of love lays down his life? And, you know, 20 something years ago, one of the first encounters that I ever had with him, and it was at night, and it was a dream, and it was one of those, it was just vivid, and it was so just technicolor. And there was this wide door that was standing open in heaven. And I looked to be about five. I was wearing little Mary Janes and little white eyelet socks and had this little dress on, and the door was open, and I just skipped in. With a couple of pebbles in my hand and a couple of flowers to give to the father who was sitting on the throne. And he just took those little gifts, my little offering. It's all I had at the time. And he just took it and he was just beaming with delight over me. As I just sat there and skipped and twirled in front of him. And that was the first of a long journey, probably 25 years now. Of encountering him in such a deep and a powerful way from this place of rest Because when you know that you are much loved, you can actually rest and sit back. My little toy, Yorkie Bentley, he totally knows that he's loved and he totally trusts me. See, you know how dogs are just like this, you know? He's like exposing his underbelly. And that's what the Father, he's taking us into a place. Listen, I know that people might have come in here tonight with, with anxiety and there's just a lot going on. I mean, 2020 alone, Right. So there is a lot going on, and I want to start tonight by taking us into this little place of encounter. About five, six weeks ago, um, were any of you here when I did the encounter with rest? That was probably one of the most like feedback that I've gotten from a message, um, and, and just texts and people sending it to people and list, people listening to it multiple times because the whole thing was just Holy Spirit speaking through me into your identity of who you are. And it was finding resonance in you because deep within your true self, you know that's true. It was that you were worthy, you were holy, you were pure, you were blameless, you were faultless, you were loved, you were the object of his affection, you were the object of his desire There is nothing that you could ever do that would make him turn from you. He's full on in love with you. So it was just this. And what happens is because your body, our soul, it's looking for like resonance, And it's like God has plucked our heartstrings and it's looking for like. And in that moment, your true self knows that's true. That is true of me. And so tonight, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about, oh, I got to like open my notes. I want to talk tonight about um, kind of a revelation that I've had more recently, even powerfully about the kingdom of God and the church, and what is the plan of the church, and what is the kingdom, and what are we doing here? Who am I, and what am I doing here? And here's the thing. No matter with elections and everything that's going on in the world with COVID and all of this stuff, God's plan has not changed. Plan A has always been, Jesus said to his disciples, after Peter has this great revelation, Jesus says, upon this rock, this revelation that Peter had had, that I am the Christ. I'm the son of the living God. I am the anointed one, the Christ, and upon the revelation of who I am, I will build my church. I will build my ecclesia, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And it is the church, our job, he sent us out into the world as leaven, as salt, and as light, to bring the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And tonight, I want to unpack that a little bit more and talk about it from a position of rest. But I would like to start, just because I, I'm aware of people coming in and where we all might be, I would like to start from a position of rest, okay? And if I could get this up here. Um, Amory said it earlier, that rest is a place of intimacy and it's where all power and authority flow from. And so I want you just to, this is my seat of rest. And I want you all just to like sit, you're sitting already. And I want you just to picture your internal posture, your seat of rest is because Christ, his works were finished before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world, his works were finished. Before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. And he took his seat. He is co-seated. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And we get to sit there with him in the heavenly places. So this is your seat of rest. You didn't do anything to get here. You can't do anything to get kicked out of it once you have received Jesus and you're a new creation. So this seat of rest that I want to talk about a little bit tonight. I just want you to take a few deep breaths. And the truth is, is that even though we're sitting right here with our feet planted on the earth and we're in this church building, we actually are seated in heavenly places in Christ. And all of my inheritance is in this place, that all uncreated substance that's just waiting to exist on planet earth to be discovered, worlds and realms, all of that exists in the heavenly places where we are seated. And I get to sit down, and so I just want you to sit down. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to settle back. And from this place of rest, the Father is fathering us, the Father is breathing fresh life into us. We have received divine DNA, we've been born again with incorruptible seed and the Father is maturing it. And I get to sit here at this seat as one with him, completely settled down, everything in my soul begins to settle down. I release and I let go of all of any kind of fear, any kind of anxiety, troubles, worrisome thoughts, things that are happening in the world. I just release all of that in this space. We've actually stepped in beyond the veil, the torn body of Jesus. We get to step into this place. And it's here that we sit, and I pour my heart out to God. Father, what are you doing? And what are you saying? This is the place that in the season that I've really been living from. This is also the place that I intercede from. Do you know that when the high priest would go in beyond the veil in the old covenant in the tabernacle and there was this veil and the high priest could only go in once a year and he would wear on his breastplate the 12 tribes of Israel and he would carry them in and he'd have to wear this linen ephod and linen garment and there was no sweat allowed. No human effort is required to go beyond the veil or allowed. The high priest would enter in beyond the veil carrying on his heart Israel And this is what we do. This is our place of intercession. That I sit knowing that he has done it all. That the finished works of Christ were finished before the foundation of the universe. And the moment that I heard that word preached and believed it, I received that inside of my being. And I became a brand new creation with divine DNA. That nothing I could ever do to earn it, work for it, perform for it. Nor could I screw up bad enough to lose it. So I get to just step into the veil. And I come in every day and I am carrying in my heart people. I'm carrying in my heart the world. I'm carrying in my heart the election. I'm carrying in my heart what's taking place into the veil. Because it's where I'm seated all the time. But I like to for exercise purposes. And so that's what I want to talk about a little bit tonight. That it rest is a realm. And rest is where he wants us to live from. And rest does not mean that I am laying down being just lazy and not doing anything. Rest is warfare. Rest is a weapon. Rest is a place that I get to live from. And 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 we move, we live and move and have our being in him. And he is always working. And I know that I'm a much-loved daughter of God. You're a much-loved son of God. You're a much-loved daughter of God. So you are at peace with him and you are at rest with him. And you get to live from this place too. And religion always told me I had to do more. Hang on, let me start. I just can't see because of the lights. Why does no one, Chuck and Joey don't ever have this problem. Why do I? Maybe it's my eyes. Are y'all good? Okay. Um... The internal seat of rest is where all power and all authority flow from. That's right. It is a place that is only discovered in intimacy. And in Ephesians 2, 6, it says that he raised us up with Christ, the exalted one. And we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ born again by incorruptible seed, the word of the living God. And everything that you need for life and godliness is in that seed. Everything begins in seed form. So everything that you need for life and godliness is in the living word, in the seed that you were born again by. So the father planted that deep into the soil of your life, into the soil of your heart, and he is now fathering it into maturity. So we are at different places in our walk, but he is fathering us because the earth is groaning and longing for mature sons and daughters of God who know who they are to come and release creation from the frustration that it's been subjected to. All of creation is yearning, leaning over, longing for us to discover who we really are. And when you received that seed, the full stature of the measure of Christ was in it. The risen Christ, the one who sits on the throne, the one who has white hair and fire in his eyes, that risen Christ, the fullness of him is inside of you. So what does that mean? How should we then be living We are not bound to the dictates of this world. I am not bound to the systems of this world. My roots do not go deeply into all of the man-made systems. My roots have gone deeply down into the love of God. The resting place of his love is my home. Christ the king, the risen glorified king, lives forever in my heart and wants us to release him in the earth. And my agreement in the earth with what he is saying from heaven, what he is saying in heaven, and I am believing it here because Everything comes in seed form and word form, and the way that it takes root and grows into a harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold, is just by believing it. Just believing. So when I believed the word unto salvation, I got to sit down in the seat of rest, and I began feeding from the tree of life. And now, as I hear the word preached, as you're hearing the word preached and a new word maybe that you've never heard before even, that seed is beginning to grow up into maturity. That's what's happening. So that fullness is already in you. I don't have to go keep looking for somewhere else to go get filled. I don't need to run to this revival meeting and that revival meeting. Fullness is inside of me ever waiting to bubble up and burst out. As I feed on the tree of life, as I drink from the fountain of living waters, as I am worshiping him, as I am beholding him, I can feel him coming up and rising up. And let me tell you something, this is the bride's finest hour. This is the time we get to rise and shine, that we're not freaked out, we're not shaken, we're not, I mean, people have their opinions and we're frustrated and I get it. And there's different people who have different opinions about the election and that's not my point at all tonight except to say we haven't changed and he hasn't changed and the plan is the same and we get to rise and shine brightly right now. That if I found places in my life where I've been entangled in things that I don't need to be entangled of and that's I'm having tons of anxiety, I get to rest back and sit back in this seat and allow myself to become disentangled and recognize, no, no, no my hope and my trust has always been in you, Jesus. And it always will. You're a king and you're on your throne. Turn to Romans 8. I'm going to read it in the passion. Romans 8, verse 28. <clears throat> so we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. So you, are, you look just like him. You were on the father's heart. You were in his heart. You were on his mind before the foundation of the universe. And he placed you here in this time, in this season, in the family he placed you in with the gifts. And he's planned before that your entire destiny. We're gonna read another verse in a minute. And that word destiny, it means estate. You have an inheritance that we begin to access, and it's in the heavenly realm, it's in the kingdom. And part of our fathering into maturity is that we are learning how to access and steward our inheritance on the earth here, now. Because we're co crucified. We're co-buried, we're co-raised, and we're even co-glorified with him right now. You are perfectly perfect. You are righteously righteous. You cannot be any more right than you already are. You're right. He's determined that you're right. He's determined that you're clean, and you are his perfect representation on the earth. I had this vision last week, and we did it in women's Bible study, but I I, remember, have have y'all seen The Matrix? You remember... The, the scene where there are those pods and Neo is in the pods and it's like a new birth he's experiencing and he's, y'all raise your hand, Chuck's seen it. So like, it's like, he's in this pod, and it's so creepy and weird looking and there are these huge umbilical cord looking things everywhere and there's all these people in these pods and he comes out and has this new birth experience that's a completely different out of the matrix. Or was he in the matrix? In the matrix? He's out of the matrix. He comes out and he is, completely gets these downloads of this supernatural throughout the whole movie, downloads of supernatural strengths and feats as he grows into who he is and they call him he's the one. I had this picture of all of these pods and I saw all of us in the new birth and that where we were, and for me personally, of recognizing that this new birth experience and, this, and, and coming unplugged from this old womb and being plugged in to this other one, is a completely different system than the old. It is, everything is brand new. Chuck talked about it last week. When you're a new creation, that word is kinos. It doesn't mean, oh, it's just an upgraded version, a shiny version. It is unprecedented, novel, never seen before, new person. So it's like when we come out of this system... And in Ephesians talks about it, you know, at one point we followed the dark ruler of this world and followed our own natural thoughts and desires. I get plugged out from that system and plugged into the kingdom of God. And it says in Galatians 1.5, he has taken us out of this evil world system, which includes the religious system that is based on duty and performance instead of love and grace. And he set us free through our salvation. Colossians 1.13, he has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son so we have been plugged into an entirely new system with an entirely different influence a governing influence and so when we're when we're plugged into this new one it's that basically Jesus here I am and I don't know Jesus and so I'm not in my seat of Oh, wow, that would have been bad. My seat of rest. And Jesus comes, and at the appointed time, he scooped us all up. He took us to the cross. He didn't die for us. He died as us. He was buried in the ground, and we were buried in the ground with him. Then he raised up in newness of life into the heavenly realm, carrying us with him where he sat down with the Father. And it says, all people. He died for all people. And the moment you and I heard the word preached and believed on that word, we then came to life and we are seated here with him. Is that not amazing? So, the problem is, and the problem that I've had, and and from this seat, we're reigning. The Bible says that we're co reigning, we're ruling and reigning with him. And so, in this seat of rest over here, I'm not going to keep sitting down because that's going to get exhausting. But in that seat of rest, it's because Christ did this for me. He sat over here in this seat, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It is the judgment seat. It's the world system. He took all of that on so that we could sit in this seat with him. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil that Adam and Eve ate from had the seed, bitter seed in it. And we always know fruit, the seed comes into fruit. An apple starts with an apple seed. When Adam and Eve chose to not live with the delight of the Father, this could also be the Garden of Eden, this is heaven, and they, had, they got to live in delight with their Father face-to-face, walking in the cool of the day, but they believed another voice, and the other voice says, God's surely not that good is he. God's really not that good. And so they believe and they eat the fruit from this tree the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so Jesus had to come and repurchase for us so that we actually get to have fellowship with the Father again. Over here, it's separation. I believe the lie that I'm separate from God. Over here, I know that I'm in union with God and there's never any way I could be separate from him. Religion tells you, and, and this is I, whenever we go back and we want to feed off of this tree, this tree loves um, good and evil, good choices and bad choices, right and wrong. They're right, they're wrong. This tree, Jesus just says, they're right because I've said they're right. Over here, I start, this is, and I've lived most of my life like this. Over here, I'm like, okay, okay. I know that Jesus died and I know that I am seated with him and I know that you know I am seated in heaven with him and, and I can't lose that but I start to subtly believe this lie that but I surely like I just need to probably fast more or read my bible more I should like not drink wine I, you know, I have all these ideas that in my head that I have to do so that I can be pleasing to God because surely he's not that good surely he doesn't really just want to give me all things when the fact is that the father does. The entire kingdom is yours. He's killed the fatted calf for you. He's thrown you a party. And we act like the, the older brother who's mad because the prodigal son, he goes out and he spends his whole inheritance. He parties up, huge party lifestyle. We don't, I mean, I'm sure he's doing a lot of things that some of us would say, well, he deserves to be kicked out. Or at least he doesn't get the blessing of the father. And the father's like running after him. He's like, no, 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 I've killed the fatted calf. The whole everything is yours. And the older brother's like, well, that's not fair because I've been working this whole time. Jesus is saying, it's all yours. He has an inheritance for you. He's opened the kingdom. We get to access it. By faith, I begin to discover what is actually ours. And we are the ones who are supposed to be releasing it so that the earth may know, so that people can see. How kind is he? How compassionate? How loving he laid down his life for us. He lives. He lived completely opposite. It's counterculture. And that's how he's called us to live. <clears throat> we want to disqualify ourselves all of the time by things that we do, things that we don't do. I make a judgment on myself that I'm such an idiot and so stupid, and surely you can't get up there and preach, and he's not going to really anoint you to preach because, you know, you yelled at your husband yesterday or something, Right? And we make these judgments on ourselves that then limit our ability to actually believe that the Father is that good. That he actually does delight to give to me, to bless me. Um, And we do the same thing with other people. We're not allowed to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's the tree that Jesus got crucified on. So every time I begin to make a judgment about another person, well they're bad because they did this or they're wrong because they did this, and I'm trying to reach for this tree, it's the tree that he died on. It's the curse. We are only allowed to be feeding from the tree of life, and we're representing him on the earth. We're being Jesus, we're sons of God, we're the perfect representation of him, the perfect representation of the Father. Do y'all understand that? I don't think I did a very good job of that. Do you understand what I'm saying? If the earth is going to know, if the earth is going to respond, and they're waiting to see mature sons and daughters of God, then we need, and the Bible says that as he is in the world, so are we. But are we acting like it? Jesus, like, Jesus laid down his lives. Jesus turned the other cheek. Jesus blessed those who cursed him. Jesus told us to give from those who take from you. It's a completely counter-cultural life. And you know what that requires? Me to die to myself. My own agendas, my own desires, my own wants, my own beliefs. I'm not saying that we, I, of course we have all of those. I have beliefs. I have convictions. I have things that I want to stand on. But they are not above him. They are not above the kingdom. It is all in submission to him and his will. And I am dying to those kind of things so that I can go and just be like, you know what, Father, I'm just going to go out in love today. I'm going to be kind today. I'm going to show compassion today because that's what you're doing. It says that throughout, Ephesians 2.8 says that throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of his grace and kindness, which was showered upon us in Christ Jesus. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation. Nothing. And there's nothing that can lose it. That's offensive to some people's minds because you think, you know, what about somebody who isn't living in immorality? And, I mean, surely, you know, I'm not even talking about losing salvation, but surely you wouldn't be good to them, God. Surely you're not going to bless them. It's offensive to our natural mind. But he's a good father, and he says that he reigns on the righteous and the unrighteous. He does good to the just and the unjust. And that's completely countercultural to a lot of how we think and feel. And he wants to display his bride. He wants to display her. He wants the ecclesia, the church, full of grace and kindness and compassion. Before it says in Ephesians 3:10, actually, that the purpose of this was to unveil, unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm. God's full and diverse wisdom through the church. So before the foundation of the universe, he desired to display us multifaceted, multicolored. Every single one of you, you're a unique expression of God's nature. You have a unique sound. You have a unique frequency. You have a unique part of his character and nature that no one else on the planet has or has ever had. And you discovering who you are just by you being you is announcing to the angelic realm, God just showed up. There's a part of God's nature and a part of his character that is in this room because I'm here. And we get to learn to discover that by beholding him. And as I behold him, and as I am reading about this, not just about him, but I am discovering who I am. This is who I am. And this is Kelly then manifesting and being Kelly in the earth on display that creation is groaning and longing for. This is us being fathered into maturity. This is us growing up. And I told y'all a while back that I was going to start, I don't want to, I don't like to use the term church anymore because I even, especially these days, church just can have all kinds of connotations, right? And I was asking the Lord, I was like, you know, what is the difference between church, which, you know, we all could... Talk about with this is the church I go to, but what Jesus called the ecclesia, and you know, there's big C church. Say, there's one camp in church that they believe that we believe um, that we believed in Jesus, so we're saved, and I have my ticket to heaven, and when I die, I will experience heaven. That here, it's you know I. Got the fruits of the spirit and, and the Holy Spirit, and that's all good. And I have a ticket to heaven, and one day I'll, I'll experience heaven's reality and everything that that entails. And and that was how I first grew up. And then the other part, another part of the church is that, well, um, we believe that, but we also have gifts and we have fruit, and I know that I'm going to go to heaven, and I might experience a little bit of heaven's reality now. But really, what needs to happen is Jesus just needs to come back and rescue us out of this evil world, right? I cannot wait for Jesus just to come back and rescue us out of this world. When Jesus has actually planted you in this world to redeem the world, Jesus has actually placed you like seed in the world that you're the solution, not that Jesus one day, hopefully in our lifetime comes back. You're the solution. So those are the different aspects of church. But the ecclesia, the ecclesia that he called, that Jesus called, and I quoted it earlier is God's governmental authority in the earth. It's literally, it's his separate ones, his called out ones, a general assembly of people that have been called out to stand in the gates and govern the affairs of a city and a nation. So if we really believe who we are as the ecclesia, because we are maturing We are maturing as sons and daughters of God, and I am growing up into who I am. And it is the ecclesia, he said, that he is calling to govern the affairs of cities and nations. I am not bound then to another system, another kingdom, and another government to solve all my problems and fix me. Right? And I think that we've got to know the difference between what is that. If we're seated in heavenly places, we're seated there, and I have access to the whole kingdom, and I have, and this is, the, this is the revelation that I had recently, is the kingdom is way bigger than the church. The kingdom is actually invisible, uncreated things, I don't know what you call it, that are waiting to be manifest in the earth. And I am not bound to the systems of the world any longer because I've been plugged in. I am been, the umbilical cord is plugged in into this system and it's plugged into this system and my umbilical cord now, heaven is my supply. The kingdom is my supply. That is what's being poured out to me because I have the whole estate because the father's killed the calf because I don't have to work for it, earn it or deserve it. It is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. That's what he said. And if the kingdom, and I'm being sourced from heaven, it means all supply, all of my protection, all of my provision, all of my safety, all of my finances come from the kingdom. Did y'all hear what I'm saying? Because I, we've called our name Kingdom Life Church, and I've had a little bit of a revelation, but all of a sudden my spirit is bursting forth because I realize what he's saying If we think that we are always having to be dependent or bound on another system that needs to work for me so that this life works, then we will never rise and shine like the Ecclesia. We will never be the bride that he desired to save the world through you and me. That I know that I don't, that I'm not plugged in here, that my lo- it is not low level living on the first and the second realm. I'm seated in heavenly places in the third realm and I can see and I'm looking around and I'm trusting the father because I believe he's a good father and he wants to do me good. Are you hearing me? So if the kingdom is uncreated substance and it's invisible, quantum physics says that that's all possibility and potentiality. So all, it's the quantum field, all possibility and potentiality, it is just waiting to be manifest in the earth. That God created the universe, not out of nothing, as some say, but out of something, his word. So God spoke the world into existence and everything that we can see, taste, and touch, plants and trees and the sea and rocks and mountains, everything that we can see took the shape and the form of God's voice. So that's how we receive the same thing is that God is speaking and I hear the word and I believe the word and he is creating substance on the earth. It becomes physical. So it's so important, what do I believe? Because the way that we receive is that we believe it. Mark 4, the soil, we don't have time to even go there, but I believe the word and I receive the word and the word begins to grow up in me into a harvest. Gosh, I wanna go somewhere. Let me just say this. Here's a perfect example of that. Abraham and Sarah were childless, but God promised them that he was gonna have a son. And so, Abraham, if I looked at it, it's in Romans four. Um, but when, but God first tells him, and it's the book is the stories in Genesis. Abraham's like, okay, I'm going to have a promised son, and they've wanted this son, and they've waited already for I think it was 25 years at this point for a son, and he tells God, okay, here's Ishmael. This makes sense. This sounds like a reasonable choice. Here's Ishmael, God. Because Abraham was not trusting in the invisible heavenly source by believing the promise. Abraham used the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to go, well, this makes sense. Here, it required no faith because Ishmael was already there. Y'all hearing me? So so he's using the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because it's what makes sense. It seems right. It looks right. So it must be right. So thanks for that promised that I'm going to have a son and then promised heir. So here's Ishmael. But God knew that his line, he wanted it to come through Isaac. And Isaac, and it says that Abraham, in Romans 4, it says that Abraham believed God's promise. He believed that God could even raise from the dead and even things that do not exist yet he could bring into being. And when he believed the promise, Sarah was pregnant with Isaac. Isaac something out of nothing because he believed the word. When Peter got out of the boat, when he said, hey, if that's you, Jesus, they saw them walking when they saw someone walking on the water and they were all afraid. But Peter said, if that's you, Lord, tell me to come. And Jesus said, it's me, come. And Peter got out. He wasn't walking on water. He was walking on the word, come, come. Jesus' words, the Father's words, they're substance. They become, everything begins in word form, but it becomes particle form. Right? There's there's word form, there's wave form, there's particle form. And Jesus, the Father's word goes out. And it's looking for a place to land. And somebody believes that word and pulls it into this reality. And it becomes substance. Do y'all hear me? This is heaven's supply. This is how you receive from the kingdom. (laughs) Everything that you need for life and godliness—it's already in the seed. I just have to believe it. It's growing up into maturity. God gives me a word, and I am—and that's a bad example. He wants to give us. He wants to bless us. And I'm not talking about yeah, I want a Mercedes in my driveway and a boat and a plane. And I mean, I'm not. But it might be that. Might be that, but I do know that he wants us to learn to receive from him by believing because he's displaying what a generous and a good, kind father looks like to the planet. Am I done with that part? The word. Hmm. There's a lot of good examples, but no, I think I'm done with that part. Turn to 2 Corinthians 5. And I'll read it in the Passion. So remember, the kingdom, unlimited supply, invisible, uncreated substance, waiting to be manifest in the earth. How's it going to be manifest in the earth? Through us by believing. That's right. Through us by believing, we're going to manifest it in the earth. And we're living from this other kingdom kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, heavenly spaces. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says, verse 17. Oh my gosh, y'all, I can't see this. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new, and God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping record of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God, we are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world, which is the word. And as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So God is pleading with the world to be reconciled to the Father through you and through me. And it says that we are ambassadors of Christ and we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. And how did he say that he was reconciling the world? That Jesus Christ was in the Father while the Father was reconciling the whole world to himself by not counting their sins against them. That's what reconciliation looks like. Me... (laughs) In my justice minded self, something bad happens to one of my kids or something, what do I want? I want blood, you know, I want justice. But Jesus is saying, No, Jesus told his disciples, He who you forgive will be forgiven. Who you choose not to forgive will not be forgiven. Paul then tells us, This is how you reconcile that we're not counting transgression against others, again, meaning, we are not using the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We're not using judgment. I'm not getting justice. That's what Cain wanted. And, Cain's, and, and the blood of Abel is crying out to the ground because Cain demanded justice. And murder is what came out of it. So if I am an ambassador and I am called to reconcile people, it's that we're pointing people back to the Father, not to a system, not to a church, but to the Father, who is a good Father. So when I got unplugged from that one system into this system, into heaven's system, and here I am living from the heavenly realm, and he said, Kelly, now you're my ambassador, and I want you to go into the world and represent me. I know that I have the full backing and supply of heaven because they're sourcing me. Heaven is my source, right? Right? And so I get a car. I'm going to go be the ambassador in Brazil. I'm going to be the ambassador to Brazil. And they give me the company car, and I have the company credit card. And heaven, or Brazil, actually, I mean, America, is backing me, right? And I'm in Brazil. But Brazil has a crazy government shakedown, election process, financial breakdown, debt structure, everything collapses. And Brazil is shaking and collapses. But guess what? I don't shake and collapse with it, because I am not Brazilian, I am American, and I've got the full backing of my government behind me. Right? When the world is shaking and everything is shaking around me, I don't have to go, oh my gosh, this is what, what are we gonna do, what are we gonna do, and I don't know how we're gonna live, and I don't know, I don't have the right supply, because we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, And when everything is shaking around us and it says things that can be shaken will be shaken, but things that cannot be shaken will not. And guess what will not? The kingdom, which is everything, which is all uncreated substance, which is all the fattened calf. It's the entire estate that I have inheritance to. That's not going anywhere because I am a much-loved daughter who's been given the kingdom. Is that not the best news ever? And so you know what we do? We believe it. I believe that. I'm like, thank you, Father, that you have completely provided for me. I thank you that I don't have to go down when everything else is shaking around me, that I don't have to cower in fear because you're a good Father, and I know that you want to do me good, and I believe that you're here blessing me, not because I earned it, because I was a jerk today, but because you're good, not me, because of what your behavior is like, not mine. Isn't that the best news ever? Grace is scandalous. It is. It's that I literally just get to sit here in this seat that he purchased with his blood and receive the goodness and the grace and the kindness and the lavish love of a good father. And because I am much loved, I then can go pour that out. I can forgive. I can turn the other cheek. I can give to someone who takes from me. I'm not saying I can, I'm saying speaking in faith. (laughs) I'm not saying that that's always true, but I can because he's the one that's living his life through me. I am living by the faith of Jesus. It's not my life. It's his life. He's living his life through me because I'm being fathered into maturity. And that little seed that carries the full stature of the measure of Christ is growing up strong. This is why the bride is arising because we're learning who we are. We know that we're going to shine brightly. And we are reaching out. We're not waiting for Jesus to come and rescue us out of here. We are reaching out to people, pulling them up, going, here, this is how good he is. This is what he has for you. Let me show you. Right? Such good. That's just a good word. It's a good word right there, Kelly. 1 John 2. Turn to 1 John 2. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up in a second or a minute. 1 John 2 says, and I'm starting in verse 15, don't set the affections of your heart on this world, or it says, stop loving this world system or in loving the things of this world. The love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. For all that the world can offer us, the gratification of our flesh, the allurement of the things of the world, and the obsession with status and importance. None of these come from the Father, but from the world. This world and its desires are in the process of passing away. But those who love to do the will of God, excuse me, live forever. So I'm not putting this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, justice system, judgment system, is also the world system. And I'm not putting my love and my affection in this world system because I'm in the Father, and I'm in the love of the Father, and these two things are incompatible. So when I start trying to get from this world system and demand from this world system, which is a man-made system, and it says actually in another chapter, and I didn't write it, but if it's of the world, it's the spirit of the age. It's the spirit of the, of the world, not the spirit of God. So I can't allow this system to father me. Because the seed grows up into maturity, it's because it's receiving an influencing agent, like leaven, and this world system will leaven us. It will influence us, but this is not my source. He's my source. The kingdom is my source, heaven is my source, and this father is a good father, and he is growing us up into maturity. It said, one of the proverbs. Remember, says that where. Oh no, it's not proverb. I don't know where it is. You'll know where. Where you set your heart is where your treasure is also. And remember that the heart is the seat of your emotions. So, a good gut check for me is to know what system I am attaching myself to. Is what are the emotions that are coming up in me? What's taking place? How do I feel? Am I feeling fearful? and stressed, and anxious, and when we get anxious and fearful, we want to control. So I start trying to control my environment the best I can. Like, I need everything around me now to stop rocking, stop shaking, I'm scared, I'm anxious, I want to control. If that's what's going on, then it's a good indicator that I have attached myself in some way, and I'm trusting in another system, instead of the goodness of the Father, and the kindness of the Father. Because where he is, what's coming up is peace and joy and love and patience and kindness and compassion. Right? That's what's coming up here. When I'm, when I'm feeding from this system, when the, I'm sourcing from this system, that's what's coming up. Because I'm not bound to the system of the world. I don't have to take from it. I get to receive from this one. Because I'm living from another realm. We are not of this world. It calls us strangers and aliens and exiles here for a reason. Because we're citizens of another kingdom. And from there we are awaiting a savior. Heaven is our kingdom. Colossians 3. Turn to Colossians 3. You all with me? Okay. Starting in verse 1. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above For that's where Christ sits enthroned in the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heaven's realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tide of this life, the umbilical cord, and now your true life is hidden away in God in Christ. And as Christ Himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in glory. So I am feasting, I'm feeding from the tree of life, which we were always meant to feed from. I am feasting and feeding on him, and he is abundant, limitless supply. And it is manifesting in this earth because I am believing it. I'm feeding on it. I'm keeping my my thoughts fixed with heavenly realities and treasure. He is a treasure chest. So all of that stuff, the patience, the kindness, all of that, it's coming up. And as he's being revealed in the earth, so are you because you look just like him. You're made in the exact image of God. You've taken on his exact nature, his exact likeness. And when you know how loved you are, love is what you're releasing. Colossians 3.14 says, love is supreme and love becomes the mark of true maturity. So we're learning how to love by being loved. Paul was concerned about it with the Colossian church when he wrote this letter and he says to them in Colossians 2.8, I thought it was interesting. Paul's writing this letter and he says, beware that no one distracts you or intimidates you in their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness by by pretending to be full of wisdom when they're filled with endless arguments of human logic. For they operate with humanistic and clouded judgments based on the mindset of this world system and not on the anointed truths of the anointed one. So what happens is when I am just going about life, I don't recognize that all of a sudden there's this little voice speaking in my ear that is distracting me and intimidating me and trying to keep me from living out of the fullness of who I am in him to make me think that I need to go back over here and start operating with the system of judgment, operating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because I have forgotten who I am. In the mindset of this world, he says that it's, Endless arguments of human logic. It's it's humanistic and clouded judgments that are the mindset of this world. It's devoid of the nature of the Father that he is the head. Jesus is the head of every kingdom and every authority on the earth and we are seated with him. So if he is the head and we are growing into him, that means you and I have authority over every distracting, intimidating, manipulating spirit that would try to pull us off course from where we are seated and who we are. You can't leave this seat because you're secure in this seat, but the devil sure can make me think I have. In my own thinking, I start thinking, well, I'm separate and I'm going to have to work hard to get back to God. Or I start thinking, well, I need to work hard over here. And it's we're here. And we, he actually wants us to believe it and live from that place and display it and demonstrate it. Um, I'm going to end. But, you know, one of the things that I was just thinking about even during this time is um, the world system, if Christ's works have been finished from the foundation of the world, then the world system has already been judged in heaven. There are principalities and and, and powers that are wrapped up in the world system that have already been judged, and you and I actually, by much-loved children and mature sons and daughters of God and acting and being just like him, we are walking around enforcing that by love, by laying our lives down, by releasing and forgiving sin. Not that we're God, but you hear we're reconciling, right? And God loves us and every single person on the planet purely for who they are. And since I'm in this place of intimacy and I'm living from a place of rest and I know that my source is the Father and that He's good and that everything is coming from Him, I get to, I'm not living with that poverty mentality that I'm trying to get my tank filled up from somewhere else. I'm not living like you got my piece of the pie, Because I know there's enough pie for everyone. I know that the world system is not my source. And I know that heaven is my source. And so I get to actually just sit there and be generous with everything that I have. And I believe that God is disentangling us. You know, the way that the world system gets kind of wrapped up and entangled in our lives through idolatry Idolatry being just whatever I set my attention and the affections and trust of my heart to other than God. And so we get disentangled from this world system as I turn from that, I repent, and I turn from that recognizing that I am really trying to source, I've put my trust and my attention and my dependence on a system that he says he's not part of. And as I repent and I come back to this, I'm like, Father... Thank you that I don't need to go to the world looking for that because you have already given all of it to me and I get to access it as your daughter. Right? This is how when we are then, we recognize that and we're actually disentangling from the things of this world and from the natural realm and it's when we really do begin to live sourced from heaven, releasing it to the earth. I am reproducing seed after my own kind that I refuse to eat from a system and swallow that seed and swallow that fruit that was fathered by Satan. And that's what we do when we're demanding that systems are the thing that we need in our lives when Jesus was saying, no, (laughs) I actually took care of all of that before the foundation of the world and I just want you to feed from me. Sit with me, believe me, believe my word, and go out and do what I said and be the ambassador and carry it out into the world knowing that I've always got your back. When I do that, I am living unafraid. I am living like somebody who's actually really loved, and I've got tons of compassion to give you. I've got tons of forgiveness to give you, kindness to give you, because it's like I don't even have to turn around, it's just coming there. But when I think, that I have to have the world system and everything. And, and listen systems are education, finance, banking, political system, religious system, every system and structure that has been built by man that I am trying to get from and feed from is limited supply. It will run out. And it is not satisfying. And in the end, it can be really bitter. This is clear, pure water that I'm meant to drink from and live from, and it will never run dry. Limitless supply, uncreated substance, available to us at all times. So, I want to close. Um, let's just do this, because I don't have time. I wanted to lead you in this little bit of encounter, but I don't think I have time to do it. Um, Let's just do this. Let's do the little gut check. Close your eyes. This is, I do this all the time. Gosh, hang on. So just check in with yourself and like, how am I feeling right now? Being honest because, and we don't get, we don't judge ourselves or condemn ourselves for being a certain way, it's, it is what it is. This is the emotion I'm experiencing. This is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling stressed or I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling worried or I'm depressed or, or happy and joyful and peaceful. How am I doing? And what I feel like the Father wants to do, just as you like close your eyes, I want us once again to see we've like stepped in beyond the veil. We live there all the time because it's Jesus' torn body. He's opened up the veil for us. We're not asking him to do something that he hasn't already done yet. He's already done it. And I actually am living from heaven's realm. So right now, that's where you are, and that's where you're seated, and you're talking to the Father, and you and he, you know how you feel. And so the Father wants to give you a gift. This is supply. This is part of your inheritance that he wants you to access And so it's like right now, it's like I even just see Jesus just coming with us, and he is like sitting down, and I just see on his face this like joyful expression as he's looking between you and the Father, and he's so excited for what you're about to open, what the Father is giving you. And so I want you to ask him, ask the Father, Father, what is it that you want to give me right now that I need for this present circumstance and season of my life? Now, some of you may not see it. You might feel it. You might perceive it. You might hear it. There's all different ways that we can see or hear from God. But what is the father wanting to give you? And it's like he is setting it right now in your hands. Or maybe he is leading you. Maybe he's showing you the vast part of the estate that's yours. The destiny that he planned beforehand. Father, what are you giving me? And now I want you to, Father, what part of your nature, what part of your nature have you given to me that I uniquely and beautifully display? Each one of you displays multifaceted parts of God. So I want you to ask him, what is the the part of his character and nature that you uniquely display? And he wants to tell you. And so whatever it is you've heard, you can write it down, you can do whatever. But here, remember that everything of inheritance, everything comes to us in word form. And when we believe it, it is made substance in this reality. So whatever the Father just told you or Jesus told you or showed you, anything that you saw, anything that you felt, it is part of your inheritance and it can never be taken away. It is substance now. And so I want you to, if it's that you display my beauty, like no one, you carry my peace into really stressful circumstances, that is yours. It can never be taken away from you, but you can give it away. And so I just really encourage you that every day that you are sitting in this place and letting him father you, Love is loving you and he's bringing us into this place of maturity for this time that we are living in because we are not those without hope. We are not those who shrink back in fear because we have a strong anchor because we are securely seated because we know that the father has given us the entire estate and we want to bring other people into this. And so when we hear news and when we still or whatever they're telling us to do, even with COVID, I want us to be the ones that rise and shine. The glory of God, because it says the darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness is people, but the Lord's light will be seen on you. So Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you, thank you, Jesus, that you purchased for us by your blood this amazing life. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your compassion. We thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for your peace. We thank you for the entire estate that you have set our destiny beforehand, before the foundation of the world, Lord. That you create, you created and prepared a place for us, and we thank you that it is your kind delight to show us the entire estate. And I thank you, Lord, that we get to go out and just share it with everyone. I thank you, Lord, that there is abundant supply, that you never run dry. I thank you, Lord, that we have been invited to drink from the rivers of living water and we feed off of the tree of life every day. So Lord, I thank you that you are increasing our faith, that our capacity is being increased to believe you, God, for the impossible. And I just want to declare over this body that I feel like there's just impossible circumstances in some of your lives. That there's things that seem impossible. And I am telling you that it is a possibility and potential that's just waiting to be believed into this realm. That the Father longs to do you good. His kindness is overshadowing you. His grace and his mercy. There is no one out of his reach. I feel like some people are feeling like, well, that's great for them, but it doesn't apply to me because of what I've done. And I'm telling you, that is a lie from the pit of hell. It's not based on what I've done or what you've done. It's based on what he's done. And so just receive that as a gift. Forgive yourself and receive the love of the Father. Allow him to love you in that place. He is healing our battered soul. He is binding up our wounds. He's attending to us. And so just receive that. Father, I thank you that you are doing that, that you are binding up our wounds. I thank you that you are attending to everything that you know that our soul needs. Any place of lack, deficiency, desperation, hurt, woundedness, offense, Lord, we just thank you that you come, that your love and your light come and just remove all of that. And Lord, we open wide our hearts to receive all that you have for us, God, that we choose to believe you. I thank you, Lord, that you have even given us the ability to do that, that I get to choose, that we choose to believe you, God. So I just bless every single person in here. I declare over you that you are Have the full stature of the measure of Christ in you. Everything that pertains to life and godliness is yours. And be like a delightful child on Christmas morning, just opening up your presence. (laughs) So we just thank you, God, that I just feel your peace in this place. We thank you for provision, for safety, for protection. We repent for every time we've tried to get our supply or our needs met or our from the world system we thank you lord that it comes from you and so we just sit and receive it from you and we say thank you dad thank you god you're such a good father let's bless you lord thank you in jesus name amen amen joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website at kingdomlifesa.com for more podcasts, updates, and events, or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a blessed day.